For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 259 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And buddy, <laughs> Whew, times is tough this week. Are they? Not a lot to talk about. I really had to fucking pull together some little things here and there. There's fucking uh, tumbleweeds blowing through the town of Star Wars news this week, my dude. <laughs> I can hear the shingle swinging. Yeah, man. Uh, we got a little something today that was pretty neat, but I mean, I don't know how much we're going to be able to talk about it. We'll stretch it. We'll yeah, shoot around. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I guess we got pretty lucky. You know, we've, we've definitely had more to talk about post episode nine release than I was expecting. You know, granted, Clone Wars and Disney Gallery really helped. Right. But, man, I think we're probably in for a little bit of a dry spell. Maybe till next month-ish. Hopefully not even that long. You know, you never know with Star Wars news when it's going to pop up. Right. It kind of hits you by surprise. Yeah. But anyways, um... Before we jump into that, let me give you guys a little business. You can like us on facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at blueharvestpod. Speaking of Twitch, I've been streaming a little bit here and there. A couple hey, hours hey. every day. Playing The Last of Us 2. <coughs> and a little... um. Street Fighter Five action with Jeff and um, and Steve, which has been fun. So if you guys feel like checking that out, once again, our, our Twitch channel is uh, Blue Harvest Pod. So check that out. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And over there, you'll get an exclusive RSS feed that contains a multitude of of bonus 
Blue Harvest related podcasts. Our newest release is the latest episode of Masters of Harvest Kasi with me and King Tom talking about our excitement and expectations for Star Wars Squadrons. Um, we've got a couple of new episodes of Star Wars Year by Podcast with Steel that have gone up over the past couple of weeks. And we have other shows like Jaws, Cooking with Will, Oh No, It's Hall's Solo, Blue Harvest Adventures, Podula Rosa, and I feel like I'm forgetting one. Mm. Steve versus the prequels. Steve versus the prequels. You said Jaws, right? Yeah. said Jaws. I don't know. Lots of good stuff up there. And cooking up a little something special that you guys might be hearing. I got something planned to record this weekend that'll go up, but then the special thing I think will be recorded next weekend. We'll see how it goes. Anyways, <clears throat> once again, Blue Harvest Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. Ah, dude, so I want to tell you about this rabbit hole. I fell down, right? Right. You know, the past couple of weeks, or I don't know, past little while, we've uh, had a little bit of ongoing Van Damme slash Bloodsport related chatter going on the show, right? Really? Yeah, we talked. Like on, on, on Twitter and stuff? No, on the show here, me no, and you. you and, oh, okay. I was like, you and I have. I just thought you were saying somebody else. No, 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 no. Me and you, buddy. Yeah. Um. So... I found it on Netflix, by the way, Bloodsport. Oh, it's so good. Um, Maybe it was Amazon Prime. Either way, I added it to my watch list. I was like, <coughs> I'm going to call Halls while I'm watching it. Fuck yeah. Anyways, oh, I wonder if there's a way. There's got to be. together. We could party watch. Party watch and record a commentary. Ooh, that would be good. For the Patreon? That would be awesome. I think we could figure out a way to do that. I'm going to have to put my mind grapes to it, and we'll figure it out. We will. Um, anyways. Um, so, you know, I rewatched Bloodsport recently. Watched Kickboxer. Watched Street Fighter the movie. You know. Some Van Damme classics or, and not so classics. Uh, and then I was listening to our buddy Robbo on his, um, his video game podcast, Hardcore Gaming 101. Which, you, if you guys haven't listen to yet and you like video games you got to check it out it's really good anyway they had an episode about mortal Kombat, and one of the hosts brought up the fact that a mortal Kombat was originally being tossed around as a licensed jean-claude van damme video game right okay <clears throat> and it didn't which is why uh johnny cage has kind of that van damme feel to him right exactly 100%. And it didn't really end up panning out and all that good stuff. Well, that's when Robbo brought up like that the story of of Mortal Kombat is more believable than Frank Dukes's actual story. Cuz you know, like when you watch Bloodsport, it says <laughs> based on a true story. And when I was a kid and saw Bloodsport for the first time, I took yeah. that shit to heart. I was like this is a true story. This man named Frank Dukes went to Hong Kong and competed in the, the Kumite. He made, he made friends with a dude named Ogre, who was a wrestler. It, it was amazing, right? And then, you know, as you get older, <clears throat> you start to think like, well, I don't know if that's completely true. And then, you know, I'd always heard like, 
mm, yeah, that's that's not really the case. But I'd never really looked into it. So hearing Robbo talk about that made me actually dive in and check out the story. And it is bananas. Is it really? Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely not true. Long story short, Frank Dukes didn't compete in no Kumite. <laughs> um, along with a laundry list of other like military claims like military service claims he made that turned out not to be true and stuff oh wow but I, I want to tell you my favorite sort of anecdote while I was going down the rabbit hole and reading all these articles and stories about what a fraud Frank Duke says right apparently right. somebody that was interviewing him about all this said well, okay, you received a katana, a ceremonial katana as your prize for winning the kumite. Where is that? Can I see that? And he said, um, hold on, let me pull it up. Okay, John Johnson presented a photocopy of the receipt, which he said proved that Dukes had purchased his kumite trophy, though the judge refused to allow it as evidence now that was supposedly the trophy which they later found out he just bought from a trophy shop this oh, isn't wow. the sword um but basically um he told him that the the katana he didn't have anymore because he sold it oh fuck where did i had it pulled up one second. All right, here we go. Duke says the reason he no longer has a sword he was presented with at the Kumite is because he sold it in a failed attempt to buy the freedom of a boat full of orphans whom he later rescued from pilots. Oh, wow. And that he also stopped a plot to assassinate Steven Seagal and that the discrepancies in his martial arts history are the work of fabrications by his Rivals including ninjutsu master Stephen H. Case. Oh, wow. <coughs> yeah, and you know how he trains with uh, Tanaka? Tanaka. That's who, that's who trains him as a kid in okay. Bloodsport. Apparently the, the character's name comes from the name of a ninja in a James Bond no novel. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Those things you hold true as a kid. Oh, Bloodsport is is based off a true story. Frank mm. Dukes is the man. It's based off a story, and that's it's true. Based, there you go. I like that. It's based off a story, and that part is true. <laughs> but the story being true, not so much. Yeah, not so much. Man. Based off a story. If I ever make a movie, that'll be that'll yeah. be the, the beginning. Well, I was gonna say we gotta. I gotta think of some outlandish ass story, right? To yeah. tell to Black Belt Magazine, and then I'll get a movie made about it. Yeah, you cook up the right martial arts magazine article, mm -hmm. you could get a movie. Yeah. You could get a Mar you could get Tony Jaw to be in this movie. Well, that would be pretty badass, right? I mean, I guess, 
I guess we're going to have to take some liberties with the casting of me, you know? Ah, I Why? fought in the wheelchair, Kumite. It's a secretive no. Dude, martial you still, you still fight in the Kumite, but like, like you use your hands as like you go up on handstand and then you beat everybody's ass. Okay. We're going to have to think of a different name than Kumite because if it's too close to the Frank Duke story, we definitely got to vary it up a little bit. So I How don't immediately the, the get Rumite. The Rumite. It was a, it was a, it's a small indie uh, martial arts tournament held in the fucking basement of a speakeasy that only sells IPA. We could call it the Budokai, I think. Isn't that like a tournament in DBZ? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that would be... We got to think of something that's not... Already taken. Immediately able to be like, oh, that's bullshit. So, you guys... Check all your martial arts magazines over the next year or so and just wait. See me on the store, the cover cheesing. And then a direct to download because they don't do direct to video anymore, really. Direct to fucking download. Direct to YouTube. <laughs> direct to YouTube. <laughs> Film starring somebody. Dude, Kung Fury was pretty good. Uh, that shit was rad. You know, they're making another one. Are they really? Yeah, they're making a sequel to that. If you haven't seen <laughs> Kung Fury, you should. I caught it on like Netflix, I think. I think it made it to like a streaming service. Yeah, it did eventually. I think the first time we watched it um, was on YouTube, I want to say. And maybe it was the shorter version, and then they put the full thing up on um, Netflix. I'm not sure. Anyways... Um, what was I going to say? Ah, uh, Star Wars news, since this is a Star Wars podcast. Uh, did you watch that uh, Pokemon Go trailer I sent you? I did. Without any context, it was a little odd, but I, I'm I'm down. Do you remember when I tried to get you to play Pokemon Go with me? Mm, yeah, back, I do. Back in the day when we could go and do things. Yeah, yeah. And have a good time. I and lived be in around Birmingham. People. Yeah. And you're like, we were I'm just not, starting the podcast. I'm not doing that. I'm not playing Pokemon Go. Well, the reason I sent you that is because it does have a tie to Star Wars. I told you when I sent it to you, like, uh, it'll make sense when we record. We talk about it. Yeah. That was directed by Ryan Johnson. Oh, that commercial? Mm hmm. That's cool. Yeah, they got Ryan Johnson to direct uh, shit. I don't know what they call them. They have these big. Pokemon Go fa festivals, which obviously yeah. they're, they're not doing at an actual location this year for obvious reasons, but for obvious reasons, that's why uh, that's the whole purpose of the commercial is to sort of advertise that. And I guess Ryan Johnson is a Pokemon Go fan, and so they got him to do the commercial. And interestingly, from what I was reading, he directed it all remotely because it was shot in New Zealand, and you know can't really travel like right. that right now. So I just thought that was kind of neat. That is kind of I don't neat. know what else to say. I'm not well versed enough in the Pokemon universe to be like, and then Squirtle does this thing, and that's just like Star Wars. And that is why I did not play Pokemon Go with you. Because I don't know any of that shit either. Yeah. Pokemon Go was after my time. I mean, just Pokemon in general, not Pokemon Go. Like, Yeah, I feel like... My brother 
did the Pokemon and the Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, it was like baby stuff because my little brother did it. It was probably very cool. Like, and I did, you know, Magic the Gathering, you know, and D&D and, right. y- you know, Ooh. so on and so forth. But I, I shouldn't be so close-minded. Ooh. I did play some of his Pokemon games on the N64, and they were a good time. I summon you, Pikachu. Um, yeah, I. so, you know, they, they just put out two newer Pokemon games in November, back in November, I believe. And I yeah. was like, oh, shit, here's my chance to finally get into Pokemon. It's on the Nintendo Switch. I love that system. Jesse and I got both versions so she could play one and I played the other and yeah. like bro it just got added to the backlog right like it wasn't because of non-interest it was because of like Star I mean, Wars came out on the same day you know what I mean like yeah. uh Fallen Order so that's gonna take uh priority for me initially it's just it's a hunting game like right like so you're hunting for these animals to add to your collection in different areas and level up and the battle well, it's is cool. RPG. It's simple and cool. RPG yeah like, <laughs> and in from what i the collection tell, element is what i think makes pokemon special yes for and sure and then in the anime hunter hunter they have to play a video game that has a card system in it that i think reminds me a lot of pokemon or some other card games i got gotcha. you and Jessie really ended up getting into it. She put a quite, a quite a little bit of time into Pokemon. And from what I could tell, what she was telling me, it was more complex than I, you know, sort of imagined. It is complex, yeah. And I keep There's... telling myself, like, well, I need to pick up that Pokemon game and start playing it. But then, like, Last of Us 2 comes out. And I'm putting all kinds of time into that. And now Ghost of Tsushima is coming out next week. I'm That's hearing that Last right. of Us Two is amazing, and it's getting some backlash by the, the, the uh, the squares. But mm-hmm. it is. I, I can't speak to it as a whole because I'm not done not with done. it yet. Yeah. I'm pretty far into it. In fact, I probably will have it done. I'm expecting to have it finished by this weekend. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it is getting some backlash, and it seems to be. Like, I was talking to Steve about it the other day. It's oddly reminiscent of Last Jedi Backlash. Yeah. Where it's the same kind of folks going after the creators and sometimes the voice actors in very similar manners. It's it's like I'm getting a lot of deja vu seeing some of this shit. Right. So uh, I'll say this. I'm enjoying it. I think it's it is technically gorgeous like it is such a good looking game um i just uh i can't speak on it you know totally because i haven't finished it yet but once i I, i'm not expecting something to happen in the last 10 hours or whatever i have left that's going to completely change my mind about the game towards the negative i have a feeling if i didn't like it i i wouldn't have liked it by now but i guess we'll see we will see but yeah, I've been describing it as the last Jedi of video games for that very reason. I I knew that The Last of Us was such a groundbreaking game when it came out. I kind of figured the second one would be a masterstroke. Like, yeah. So I 
the the first one released towards the tail end of the PlayStation 3's lifetime. Yeah. And I know I played it and I can't remember I don't think I owned it and I don't think so there's one of two options for that. That either means I rented it and played it and never beat it or Goose was playing it when I visited in Starkville and I played it with him some or watched him play it. Right. So I don't know what my experience with the first one was when it first released, but leading into two, I played the remastered version on PlayStation four and it was great. I don't know about necessarily calling it like uh groundbreaking necessarily. Okay. Granted I'm playing it seven years after it released. So it's hard right. to put it, in the context of 2013 when it came out, right? Right. <clears throat> so, um, but regardless of whether... It's like it's, playing The Witcher and being super impressed. It, right. It, it's regardless of whether it's groundbreaking or not, it's a very good game, and the story is really good. And uh, I'm having very similar feelings about 2 so far. It's just way longer. Like, maybe, depending on how, mo how long it takes me to finish it up, maybe one of my complaints is that it's a little too long. Um, we'll see. Cause I have no idea how much is left at this point. <clears throat> um, so another thing, another little video, um, that was actually released today. It came out alongside a, uh, vanity fair article or interview with, uh, the composer from the Mandalorian Ludwig Ludwig Gorenson was like, I guess, what would you call it? A music video for the Mandalorian theme? It was what I know as a music video, but it's yeah. probably called something else. It seems like a music video. We'll just cut to it. And, uh, I mean, the interview was really good and really well done, but once again, not necessarily some, any information that we didn't get from the Disney Gallery episode about the same thing. Um, so the real highlight is the video, which is just... This dude, like, <laughs> sitting around playing the Mandalorian theme song on a billion different instruments. In every, in a lot of the sets from the show, which is really cool. Yeah, it seems to start off right in, like, his house or something. And right. And then it, it, like, morphs to him being in different locations from the show, including this one shot that... As the instruments change, basically. Is him playing the guitar in like the hangar as the razor crest lands in yeah. front of him. I don't know why, but that shit cracked me up. I think it's just the look on his, like the total. When he looks up and looks at the razor crest. Yeah. Like with, that's what cracks me up. Complete indifference. Like, all right, dude, maybe sell yeah, the would crack a smile. <laughs> yeah, just... He was like, yeah, this makes me feel it. Mm -hmm. This is where the music comes from. Mm -hmm. But you noticed they sure did make sure to work in the uh, that fucking recorder that I covet so much. Right, the bass recorder or whatever it is. God damn, I want one of those. This just makes me want one even more. If I next time I come to your house, you're gonna be sitting out on the uh, patio with a rocking chair and a bass clarinet, going. No, you know how the like the very your neighbor's gonna be like, "Would you knock it off? We That's why you know how to play." <laughs> and Haas is just like you know how the video ends with him sitting on a rock 
and the volume playing that thing. Yeah. That's going to be me in my front yard when you pull up. And then just rocking this fucking giant recorder. And I just look at you not even surprised and then pull a set of bongos out of the back. <laughs> just a, a big floor tom so you can do the doom, 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 doom. Steve pulls up and pulls out the guitar. Jeff pulls up and pulls out a double mounted synthesizer. Uh, he opens his trunk and that folds out. Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, you know, it's cool. Uh, it makes it's me awesome. It, it is an awesome. I loved it. Like I, it, it psyched me up. It. Oh yeah. I mean, it's really With the cool. helmet sitting there in front of the control panel and mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, oh, that's cool. It makes me kind of miss the days of the Star Wars music video. Makes me miss music videos in general. Yeah, for sure. Um, but like, I mean, I know they're probably still around, but not like in the TRL days and in oh, the. Oof rough pop-up video um like for the special edition they had a jedi rocks music video that would play on mtv and shit yeah and then for the phantom menace they had a duel of the fates video that would play on mtv yeah i remember that yeah like uh i don't know why maybe because maybe it's just because i was at the age where i was watching nothing but mtv during the special edition and uh, Phantom Menace era. But I guess I kind of expected them to do something like that for the sequel trilogy. And obviously they never did. Um, so seeing this, I was like, fuck yeah, there's my Star Wars music video. I'm going to be up late one night playing Nintendo 64. I'll switch over the channel and there it'll be. <laughs> fuck oh, yeah. Oh man, you're taking me back. Man. Uh, dude, I you know what? Maybe we'll do dust off my Timberlands. I need to see if I can find it. Making sure I'm wearing a white undershirt under everything. <laughs> I need to see if I can find it. Right? What the uh, Duel of Fates music? Video? No, 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 no. That we can find no problem. But for the Phantom Menace, if I can find it, maybe we'll we'll watch it and talk about it like next week or the week after, depending on how news goes. But <laughs> that would the, be perfect for the Phantom Menace. MTV had a special, a Phantom Menace special where they had all kinds of musicians going out to, I think, Skywalker Ranch to watch it. And it was a who's who of music in 1999. Like the jackasses from Limp Biscuit were there. I was about to say, was Fred Durst there? Yes, he was. I'm pretty sure Rob Zombie was there. The dudes from Corn were there. Like, it was 1999 music. Like, (laughs) hanging out with George Lucas for the Phantom Menace. Nickelback. Uh, No, I think Nickelback were fucking sniffing each other's butts at that point. I think that's before they hit it. I kind of have this vague memory of Nickelback sort of hitting my freshman year of college. It was a dark time. 2001. (laughs) You know, nine eleven, yeah. Nickelback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand one. That's what I remember. But yeah, if I can find that, somebody has got had to have put that up on YouTube somewhere. Um, you would think. If I can find that, I'll send you a link and we'll talk about it sometime because it's got to be 
cringy. I remember loving it as a kid, as like a 16-year-old kid or whatever I was when that came out, but I can't imagine that fucking 14 years later. Wait, no. 14 years later. 21 years later. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine that 21 years later it holds up. So we got one more thing to talk about. I'm getting a little sniffly. Oh, shit. Don't say that. I am getting a little sniffly. I'm not making that up. I just hope it's... um, uh, Summer cold. Allergies. And it's it doesn't feel like anything but a little bit of sniffles. So, um, so you know, we got Star Wars Squadrons coming out this October. Oh boy, do we! Um, and that will be our th- fourth EA published Star Wars video game. And this is actually a um a story that was came out a couple of weeks ago that I was like, oh, I need to make a note of that to talk about on the podcast and forgot to. And this comes from um, uh, IGN.com. And the headline is, EA wants to double down on making Star Wars games. Um, and this comes from like a uh, call with investors that happened a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and it says that EA... CEO Andrew Wilson has revealed that he wants to double down on the developer's creative partnership with Disney to make Star Wars games. During the conference, Wilson alluded to the financial success of the modern Star Wars Battlefront series, Jedi Fallen Order, and the mobile game Star Wars Galaxies of Heroes as part of his reasoning for further commitment to the license. We're going to double down on that partnership, Wilson explains. Disney continues to be a very to be very, very committed to the IP and to the canon. Um, We've got new generations of fans coming to the IP all the time. So our expectation is that we think there continues to be a really strong opportunity in in and around that relationship and that IP going forward. Um, EA, EA games currently in the pipeline include the recently revealed Star Wars Squadron, a Star Wars simulator where you conduct space battles in a variety of iconic Star Wars spaceships. Um, and that's all that it says. So basically, I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but to me, that sounds like that dude wants to renew that Star Wars license. That's what it sounds like. Um, and I think I was talking about this with Tom on Harvest Cossie, like, Despite all the bad press that Battlefront 2 got, it was really successful for them. Right. So, you know. They're going to want to hold on to the cash cow. Yeah, especially if this trend continues with Battlefront 2, Jedi Fallen Order of Squadrons is a big hit. Granted, it seems like it is a lower budget game. So yeah. you probably have to hit a lower amount for it to be profitable and be considered a success. Yeah, but if, if you didn't gonna, spend as much on it. If they're going to fucking double down, then you bet guys better start outputting some stuff with some variety. All right? Like, I'm not a huge fan of EA having the exclusive rights to Star Wars video games, but if they're going to do it, like, 
start treating it better. Cause, yeah. And I say that as someone that has enjoyed the three EA Star Wars offerings so far. But it's also time to see some variety. Like, I think Squadrons is a is a step in the right direction. But <clears throat> I think you could really bring some more varied experiences. And maybe the key to that is uh, a lower-budgeted, lower-price-point game like Squadrons, you know? Test the waters. I, to me, it sounds like they built off of Battlefront 2's, you know, space experience, right? But they put it off in a separate game and put, you know, way more into it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely And that's seems maybe like why that. you didn't have more of that in the Battlefront 2 arena because they knew they had that in the pipeline. Um, I don't think so because Squadrons has been only in development for a couple of years now. Oh. So if that's the case, you're talking probably even a year after the release of Battlefront 2, you know? Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was sort of built off the skeleton of that experience. But like you said, a lot more added on to it and, a, you know, a lot more technical. Oh, I got my fucking flight stick in this week. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, mainly four squadrons, but I want to use it to go back and play like the X-Wing games and TIE Fighter and stuff. And man, it is. Is it cool? Is it really? Yeah. Thankful. Uh, thanks to Amazon rewards points. I got it. Uh, quite a good discount. And I haven't had a chance to hook it up, but uh, I pulled it out of the uh, the package and checked it out. And damn, it's cool. I can't nice. wait to check it out. I just got to figure out what my first game is. But so uh, many to choose from. Yeah, if, if anybody is out there is interested in a flight stick, um Thrustmaster. Old Thrustmaster still kicking around, making peripherals of that nature. <coughs> um they make one for the Xbox and the PlayStation 4, and both of those also work for PC. So uh I picked up the one that works with Xbox and PC, and I figure that'll sort of uh handle any flight stick needs i need yeah you know, like i think that'll cover all my bases but yeah check them out i'll uh i'll update you guys once i get some time with it to see if it's any good or not i hope i hope it is i hope i'm not like man this sucks maybe it'll finally be will. the uh the thing i need to get into that damn elite dangerous game elite dangerous but uh yeah that pretty much does it for the news this week slow week like i said but thankfully because you guys are awesome uh we got some uh emails and some voicemails so it's not a complete bust you want to uh hop into those buddy i do all right well let's get to it kia d kia d kia d cockhead the only Jedi master who can crash box Giddy Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Syrian stud He loves to split chicks with his hud Giddy Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Giddy Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi council stooge 
But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Blue Herb! Cockhead! Harsberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key and D! Cockhead! Cockhead! You know who we're going to hear from first. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It's our buddy. He's royalty to us. To us, he's royalty. He makes predictions about Lando and, and droids and computers that end up being true. He of the Lando quatrain. Nostra Thomas. Oh, my goodness. King Tom, the king of all Toms. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Hawes and Will. Uh, Hawes, we were having a conversation earlier that kind of brought something to mind. Because really, there's not been much going on in Star Wars the past week or so. Nothing wrong with that. But you know, you joked that it, it was the darkest timeline. Just because we, you know, don't have anything going on right now. We're waiting on things. Uh, and it, it, it got me thinking. What realistically would your darkest Star Wars timeline look like? I want to know both yours and, and Will's. Like, what would you not want to see happen? Um, personally, I go back and forth, because this is something I have thought about before, is, you know, Lucasfilm not selling or nothing really happening with Star Wars. Just think everything we've gotten in, in the past six or seven years would... I mean, I'm sure we would have gotten more Clone Wars, and that would have been great. But other than that, I don't know. My other darkest timeline is one in which I thought was going to happen. You know, my first reaction to when I heard Disney buying Star Wars, I think I've mentioned this before, was I thought they would have, you know, Darth Mickey and Goofy Stormtroopers. And I just did not want that happening. I thought I wasn't paying attention to what Disney did with Marvel. They just let Marvel be themselves. And part of me thought, oh, Disney is going to change Star Wars. And thankfully, we have not seen anything like that. But what kind of Star Wars stuff do you not want to see happening? Or did, did you, was your nightmare version of Star Wars? Looking forward to hearing. Anyway, thanks for listening. Keep up the great podcast. I'll talk to you later. Ooh. Oh, my God. Nightmare Star Wars? What do you got, Will? Oh, just give me a minute, because I, I... Okay, so I'll... We can, it's such a good thing, it's hard for me to pervert it. I'm I know. A second. Like, I can, we can go back and forth. Like, for me, and it's kind of in line with what Tom was talking about, is just sort of like a slow, uneventful fading away of Star Wars. Like, had Lucas decided not to sell Star Wars, and had he not decided to do with... do anything with it post clone wars like he said we probably would have gotten two or three more seasons of clone wars and like after that it just sort of slowly faded away like that's a dark timeline for me um obviously that wouldn't affect all the star wars we got i would still have that to enjoy and everything but man the probability or possibility of no new star wars the darkest timeline for me <laughs> sort of happened in 2005 when i thought that was it you know what i mean no yeah. more star wars movies 
<laughs> so for uh, them to retire the franchise would be your nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh another one like some sort of remake of the original trilogy. Oh man. Oh, oh, I just don't think it's necessary. You know? Um, I feel like I know it's coming eventually, but hopefully I'm long gone by that time. (laughs) I, I might be alive when that happens. I hope not. I mean, I mean, I hope not to. It's not necessary, you know, to preserve cinematic history, you know. Um, Oh, a dark timeline is where we do continue to get new Star Wars, but the new Star Wars is only Star Wars detours. That fucking Seth Green Star Wars animated comedy show that they were... Robot Chicken Star Wars. Well, it wasn't... Uh, it, it didn't seem on the same level as Robot Chicken, but it was like this okay. CG animated show that they yeah. were doing, that they did a lot of episodes for, and then when Disney bought the franchise, they shelved it. So it's sitting on a shelf somewhere <laughs> at Disney, unreleased. And we might see it one day, but what I'm saying is, if that's the only Star Wars we were getting, that shit would be dark. I don't know, some nightmare scenario, some parallel universe where George Lucas signed Star Wars over to Disney, but in this one caveat within the contract that Disney had to adhere to was that every hero had to be a Gungan from there on out. <laughs> like, every oh, single one. Darkest timeline, and this is a dark and gritty timeline, Zack Snyder Star Wars. Oh, oh, ow, ooh. Mm-hmm. No, sir. Everyone would die. I don't like it. Or get sucked into a black hole or something. And, you know, not that I think it will happen, but I have often thought to myself, in the event that something like that gets announced, like, how do I handle that? Because I dislike that dude so much um, that, I don't know, man. Because I would give it a shot because it's Star Wars. I just can't see that. Um, being something I'm into Michael Bay Star Wars being the same way like not interested in either of those uh, if the force is like kind of turned into a superpower or like uh, an X-Men thing where everybody has a different power or something like that oh, the uh, the EU got to that that's at certain points and then it's like Star Wars Avengers and everybody's got a different power, force power or something, you know, like. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. Not there. Hell, for all I know, the darkest timeline is the timeline where Josh Trank's Boba Fett movie actually gets made. That could have been real bad. Given what, what that dude's done uh, before and after that. That's just some of the things. Sequel trilogy that's entirely about Luke Skywalker. You never see Princess Leia or Han Solo. Like it just gives everybody all those naysayers what they wanted, just like in the largest dose possible. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some stuff there that could be. That would be off. (laughs) Yeah, could be bad. Um. 
the uh, if Disney did Disney it, and Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker had like ten kids, <laughs> and they were all happily ever at. Like if it if it Disneyed it hardcore, you know, like <laughs> we gotta went all in. Yeah, there were music breaks and shit. Yes, yes, <laughs> musical animated choreographed musical numbers. Yes. Mm. If uh, if the entire sequel trilogy was just, you know, seven and a half hours or whatever of Jedi rocks, <laughs> oh. we got to get off this topic. Let's see. Let's see what Jim has. Because we're say. devolving. I think. <laughs> like, I, think, I think some are worse than others, but I, I think it's. What's going on, Halls and Will? Uh, you guys rock. I want to say, by the way, uh, congratulations, Will, with the baby on the way. Um, you guys keep bringing it week after week, and we all really appreciate it. Uh, I had a question. I think it's a bit of a tough one. Um, what are the top five most intelligent people in Star Wars? You know, the smartest characters in Star Wars, and who are the five dumbest? Um, the top, the smartest, I think, is easier than the, uh, than the hard, than the dumb ones. They, uh, people are respectable, uh, in Star Wars. Uh, you know, everybody wants to say, of course, Jar Jar, but I think he's more clumsy than he is stupid. Uh, that's what I, I would always, I would hold a torch for him being more intelligent than people let on, even though the first sentence ever said to him is like, uh, what are you brainless? <laughs> but anyway, I speak uh, for my top five. I, I I was going back and forth with the Emperor and Yoda for number one. Um, it's like I want to put Yoda, of course, but the Emperor sort of like outsmarted him, you know. So I don't know. Uh, but I'm I'd love to hear what you guys think. I, I know Thrawn's on the top, and uh, you know I, I'm curious if. Uh, <laughs> Doro Calic. I wonder where he is. Hmm. All right, guys. Uh, ignite the green. Oh man. Um. I don't know that I can put. Oh, I don't know that I can put together like a definitive five on either side. I can throw out some. Why will Why will this keep? So saying, I don't know that I can put out a definitive five. Uh, I can throw some names out there for either side, so we can start with smartest. I need to. I need to start with the fact that I don't think Palpatine is necessarily smarter. Like, yes, he's smart, and yes, yes, he got one over on the entire galaxy, but he's devious. Yes, and just because he's devious, duplicitous, and a liar, a scoundrel, I don't think that makes him smarter. I think it just took him two generations to lose which I don't necessarily think makes him smarter. If but he was smarter, he would have won in the end. I don't think you can also discount him from being somewhere on that list of smartest. No, I right. think he's, like I said, yeah. you know, he's smart. I would say Yoda, number one. Yoda, number one. Wisdom, you know. Or Qui-Gon Jinn. You know? Yeah, although Qui-Gon's got quite the mark against him not being able to recognize that Padme and Amidala were not the same person. I think he did, though. Did he not? Maybe he did. I don't know. He knew the whole time. Somebody's going to be like, well, in the Master and Apprentice comics, it was uh, established that this happened. I was just saying the very fact that Qui-Gon Jinn figured out how to speak past the dead meant that he was a smart guy or very in tune with the Force, I yeah. guess, maybe. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, <clears throat> I don't know that we can necessarily, like, 
group in tune with the, the force and smarts or intelligence as the same thing, you know? Um, but... And Yoda isn't the smartest. But I, I think Yoda is wise without the force. <laughs> despite the force. I think his ability to surrender to the will of the force is what is smartest. And I, there's a philosophical argument there, but... I could you, see you know, that. But, like... Uh, Yoda knows the, the will of the force. You know, like, knows knows that... It's ever flowing, you know, like what is the future? Like you can't really see that. Always in motion is the future. Like the mm-hmm. live be mindful of the living force. And I think to be a Sith or a dark side is just to assert your will over the force or your dominance. Like and I think I can see that. But uh, like, like I said, but that's a philosophical argument. Like so Thrawn definitely on the list. Like his panache for tactical thinking I think makes I mean, him a good candidate for the smartest list. The Clone Wars makes me feel like Anakin and Obi-Wan are pretty damn smart. Yeah. As well as Ahsoka, but... Yeah, and then, like, uh, Ray's technical prowess, you know? Yeah, is way up there. It's way up there. Leia, smart as hell. Padme, smart as hell. Chewbacca. Chewbacca, fucking... He's a dog that knows electronics. planet. Yeah. With jungle, you know, flying. I don't know. What is that? What is that animal that flies? Dragonfly. With dragonfly, you know, aerial technology. And he knows how to fix the hyperdrive. And, you know, he knows how to work on a spaceship. Um, Galen Urso, the fucking engineer behind the creation of Master the Death Star. Engineer. Yeah. Engineered in the weak point. Smart dude. Um, Yeah, I, I think there's so many. Like, it is easier to do the smartest. The dumbest... And again, you could say DJ is smart, but he's duplicitous. Like, clever, yeah. yeah. You know, I guess that's just how you use your smarts. Um, now, dumbest. Not so smart. Like, that's tougher. Okay. Because much like Jim, I wouldn't include Jar Jar uh, in Hondo Bobo. Panda Baba. Baba was a dumbass. Panda Baba? Panda Baba. Okay. He got his arm sliced off for smart mouth and Jedi. Like, and the man offered to buy him a drink. That's dumb. That's okay. dumb. Okay, we can that put him dumb. on there. We can put him on the list. I, I don't have any arguments against that. Um, I was going to say, I, I thought about this earlier when he was talking about R2 is pretty smart. I know, and that's a droid, but like. Yeah, a droid seems like it's cheating because they have an unlimited capacity for knowledge. You know? I know, but how clutch R2 is and comes through in all the, you know. There's no denying he's a clutch player in the saga, you know, but I don't know that that. It, it, it just like including a droid because like C3PO, he, he's, he's fluent in tens of millions of forms of communication. But socially dumb, kind of. Yeah, but that, uh, there's, you know, I'm pretty socially <laughs> dumb sometimes, but I'm also, but I'm all right as far as smarts go. Very good driver. Um, figure out how to do a podcast, at least. You did. <clears throat> See, this is why ranking smarts is not easy. Because there's so many different kinds of smarts. Dumb is hard, though, man. Like, dumb is hard, because there's, I mean, 
to me, dumb is getting knocked, getting killed, or you know, like smart mouth and a Jedi. That's dumb. Like, like, but by failing that... Lord Vader, that is dumb. <laughs> like, well, yeah, smart mouthing Lord Vader in a round mouth in front of all the moths and getting force choked. You know, no, that dude, that's dumb. Yeah, that's that's pretty dumb. Um, and then like a lot of times in. Uh, Star Wars, what you would read as maybe being dumb is overconfident. So I wouldn't necessarily say that, and buckle up for this one, I wouldn't necessarily say that Toro Calican is dumb. I think it's a dumb character. I don't like the character. You're not meant to like the character, I know. But he's overconfident. It's not that he's dumb. It's yeah, that he's dude. overconfident in his own abilities. Pride comes before the fall. <laughs> um... Dumb, dumb characters. I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think. Uh, Panda Baba, like that's that's a good one. Greedo is dumb. Oh yeah, he's Greedo's pretty dumb. Jabba is smart. Jabba may be up there on the smarts. Uh, until you take it, see, until you take Leia as a a, a prisoner, you know. Pretty dumb. She move killed his ass. <laughs> she killed his ass. You know. Um. Just going over characters in my brain, trying to think of who's dumb. Uh, the Gamorians, the guards at Jabba's palace, they are dumb. Yeah, but is that more of like fair. just beast man? Dumb. Yeah, they're like a beast man type character. So does that really count? I don't know. Okay, so. I don't know that there's a lot of dimwits in Star Wars, as if that's what we're asking. Like, yeah, like, for there's instance... There's not a lot of dullards. For instance, like, we've seen a lot of smart Twi'leks. Hera, Cham Syndulla, um, but would, uh, old meth head, what is his name? Fuck, why can't I think of his name? Jabba's Major Domo, uh, Bib Fortuna. Bib is Fortuna. He, is he dumb? He doesn't seem know. like he's super smart. He's smart enough to ensure his survival on a day-to-day -day basis under the thumb of Jabba's will. I mean, maybe if people in his job don't last very long and he's lasted a long time, he's not dumb. Right. But he definitely, like... He gets a Jedi mind trick worked on him, and that's only for the dim-witted. So that's what makes you... Ooh, yep. That's what makes you think he's dumb. That's a good point. Um. Hmm. Maybe Kiyadi Mundi's dumb. I mean, his doubt. He's such a naysayer. He just gets I mean, everything is, wrong. Is that he's proved right, like not right, like. Doesn't he always doubt Anakin or whatever? Well, not just that, but like. Everything. Uh, everything. Like, at the beginning of uh, episode two, like, he is he's insistent. A negative Nancy. Yeah, he's insistent that uh, Count Dooku can't be behind the attack on Padme. He's Fuck. In denial. Fuck, man. I think Ki-Adi Mundi might be dumb. 
<laughs> he might be. It's all right. We like a dumb guy here. It's here, okay. Man. Everybody likes it's a dummy okay. every now and then. So there's two. We got fucking Ponda Baba and Kia Di Mundi. This is an arduous process. This is hard. Um, shit, man. I don't know. I'm having a hard time with this one. Jim was right. This one is hard. The Guaviant Death Squad are dumb if they think they can pull one over on old Han Solo. Yeah, but that's not uh, one single character, you know? Right. You should to, can, to think that you can pull one over on Han Solo is dumb. That is dumb. Granted, people do do it. People do occasionally successfully pull one over on Han. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they do. They do do that. They do do that. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm hitting a wall here. Me too, man. I think we might I've have identified to move on. most of the dumb. I know we might have to move on. Uh, and most of mine was cannon fodder. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Boba Hux Fett's is pretty dumb, dude. Yeah, ultimately, Hux, I mean, Hux is a foil at best. Like, he's never really intimidating. He's really kind of Kylo's punching bag always, and gets himself killed in the last movie. Like, I'm the spy. Post, you know. I would say he's pretty intimidating. During that fucking Nazi speech in The Force Awakens. You are correct, and that's it. Yeah. That's the last time. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. If we think of any as we go, we'll bring them up, and maybe this will be our great quest is to figure out some other people. Uh, this is from our buddy Kobe. Kobe! Hey, Halls and Will. Hope you guys are doing well. It's been a while since I wrote in, but I recently caught up on episodes and had some more questions for you both. My first question is, with the recent recent announcement of the cancellation of Star Wars Celebration, do either of you plan to make the adventure out to Anaheim in 2022 for the next one? My friend Al and I, who also have a, our own Star Wars podcast, by the way, winky smiley face, are planning to come to the next celebration, insert shameless plug, our podcast is called Imperial Radio. If you or anyone listening would like to check us out on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, etc. I'll add that to my playlist. I'll check it out for sure. I was just curious if my two favorite hosts would be there and I could possibly get to see them in person. That would be dope. Um, I, Jesse and I will definitely be there. We're just letting our tickets roll over. And I will try my best to convince Will to make the trip with us. We'll see how it goes. I look forward to that. I would love to bring Will along to a celebration because I know he would have a blast. So, fingers crossed that we can make that happen. All right, next up he says, second question is a simple one. What is your favorite scene in each prequel movie? Mine would be episode one, Duel of the Fates. Episode two, when Mace shows up to the Pentraki Arena. In episode three, Order 66 scenes, Rip Kiadi Cockhead. Thanks for being awesome, Kobe. Um, 
Ooh, favorite scenes in the prequels. Duel of the Fates is hard to beat for the Phantom Menace. Agreed. Duel of the Fates is about as good as it gets in Phantom Menace. That is my favorite for sure. A close second is the podcast, not podcast, the pod race. (laughs) And maybe the Obi-Wan, the very brief Obi-Wan and Darth Maul fight on Tatooine. You mean Qui-Gon and and Darth Maul? Yeah, Qui-Gon. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, there's a lot of little moments throughout all the prequels. You know, obviously, but, Duel of the Fates stands out. See, yeah, because nothing beats that. Um, but there's cool shit to be had. True, nothing has the showmanship and is quite the entertainment spectacle as the last 45 minutes of Attack of the Clones. No, um, I, I mean, that is, once again, that's hard to beat. Like, that is hard to beat in that movie. It's such a piece of that. From the, the moment. The whole assault on Geonosis. Yeah. Like, when Yoda shows up with all the clone gunships and the ship starts popping off and, you know, like has the big battle that leads to the duel with Dooku and the brief moment moment when Anakin dual wields and all that shit. Yeah. That's hard to beat. Um, yeah, I guess I got to go with that one, too. Episode three, I have one that I think you would maybe consider a smaller moment, but it's been one of my favorite moments of the entire prequel trilogy since the first time I saw episode three. And it's the moment when Mace Windu and the other Jedi are going to confront Palpatine. And there's that scene where Anakin's in the Jedi temple looking out the window and Padme's in her apartment looking out the window, and it's like the Ooh, moment. Oh, and the tension is building. And Yeah, and it's the moment when Anakin like decides that he's got to go intervene and shit. That yeah. is mwah, perfection. That is one of the few truly emotional moments in that movie. Okay, and I will tell you the other one that is surprisingly like, obvi- like okay, the Anakin-Obi-Wan lightsaber fight is obvious. That's kick-ass. Mm-hmm. And right there at the end is really sad. Like, when he gets cut and turned into Vader, like, it's really sad when he's left for dead. But to me, even sadder is the argument right before they fight. The argument where he choked, you know, like, it starts with Padme. Like, that is emotionally upsetting. Like It is. when, When he is talking to Padme and then chokes her out and then Obi-Wan comes down and Obi-Wan can't believe he did it, like, and he's still just going at it you see how far he's fallen mm-hmm. like that's really sad like that's to me that's one of my favorite moments just for how emotionally powerful that moment is yeah yeah and that, just for the same reason you know like you were talking about that moment before like the you were my brother brother anakin like, uh, yeah oh, man that's rough <clears throat> all right Next up, we got an email from Ian. Hey, Blue Harvest, wanted to know what your favorite lightsabers are. I'm talking hilt and color. In, term of, in terms of hilt, Leia's lightsaber is my favorite. For color, I might have to go purple or yellow, but I do like green too. Let me know. May the force be with you, Ian. Uh, this one's easy for me. It is Obi-Wan's A New Hope slash Revenge of the Sith saber, blue yeah. lightsaber blade. That's my favorite combo. That's a good one. Leia's hilt in um, The Rise of Skywalker is real cool, though. Maybe my favorite new lightsaber 
hilt design of the sequel trilogy. We didn't get a ton of them, you know? Right. Um, Kylo's, I've never been a huge fan of. I do think the idea of the the cross guard saber is cool. And I thought it was well done. The hilt itself, though, is just sort of plain, sort of industrial looking. That's what I was going to say. It was kind of industrial. Doesn't really do it for me. Uh, Ray's is cool, but we didn't get a huge look at it. Um, But man, Leia's, like having that almost like rose gold look to it with the silver accents and the shape of it. Damn, that's cool. (coughs) What's yours, Will? You know, it's hard for me to beat the original Anakin saber. Mm -hmm. Just because in my mind, when I think lightsaber, I think of that polished silvery Anakin lightsaber with the uh the like half moon belt clip ring on the end <coughs> so that it hangs from the belt. Mm-hmm. I know all lightsabers hang from your belt, but I don't think they all had that ring on them. And there's just something about that that just seems so impressive. And, you know, and I honestly I like Darth Vader's hilt cuz it's kind of like an updated version of that. Yeah. With the, like, there's just like a guard on the beam emitter mm-hmm. at the end. That's the difference almost. Um, I like both of those. Those are really cool. There, To me, what I've realized is it sort of comes down to the emitter style to me. Because I really like Obi-Wan's. And I yeah. like Luke's Return of the Jedi Saber quite a bit too. And they yeah, have a those very are similar. similar emitter, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah, those are uh, real badass. All right, <clears throat> we got one more, and this is from Utah. Uh, Dougie. Dougie. He says, sorry I've missed the last couple of weeks working on finishing my basement. I'm putting in a couple of bedrooms, a bathroom, and a theater room. What should I name my theater? Blue Harvest Theater? Dagobah Simba Cinema? Halls and Wells movie house or any other ideas. Thanks guys. Hashtag what Jim said. Hashtag make solo two happen. Dougie. Oh man. I think you call it the Dougie dome. Oh, the dugout, the dugout. Oh, Will. you could call it the Dagobah dugout. If that makes the you Dagobah dugout, the Dagobah, oh, the dugout. There you go. Like I thought like we could toss this around and have some fun with it, but Will came in with the haymaker answer punch. I'll be here all week. Be sure to tip your waitress. And and that, that that's it. It's the dugout. That's our submission. Damn. Well, I love done. the meme that somebody made of us doing the Utah Dougie thing. Yeah, with Timmy and Tommy from Animal Crossing. Yeah. I think yeah, that was our good. buddy Sean. Oh, it was right up my alley because it was so good. Oh, man. You, you're up, you're on the Tanuki kick, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's not really a kick, it's a lifestyle, Will. The obsession <laughs> it's with more raccoons. It's a lifestyle choice. The obsession with raccoons and tanuki. Man, the dugout. Anyways, that does it for us this week, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. I yeah, uh, Absolutely. 
you know, <coughs> I know shit is uh, light as far as Star Wars happenings go right now, but um, hopefully you'll stick around while we get through this dry spell, and then when the big shit happens, we can all have a real good time. Uh, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps other people find us, and other people finding us helps us keep the show going and all that good stuff, uh, and we really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And until next week, when, at the very least, we'll be talking about the 1999 Phantom Menace MTV special, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>